Chapter thirty one of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Lagos A Visit to a West African Factory. We have left Dahomey and have come to the island of Lagos, off the shores of southern Nigeria. We are in the chief British settlement of the Niger territory and in one of the largest foreign towns of the western coast lagos is quite european in appearance it has many comfortable houses of one story and two stories with large gardens in which there are palms and other beautiful trees it has a wide road along the shore where we may see english boys and girls riding and driving with their parents there are quite a number of stores kept by englishmen and several large trading houses the trading houses of western africa are called factories they are devoted to importing goods of different kinds from europe and the united states and exchanging them for the native products brought in on boats and by porters from all parts of the country the ordinary factory is a large wooden building with a roof of galvanized iron it has several rooms including a store a cooper shop and often great cauldrons for boiling palm oil in one part of the warehouse may be seen bales of cotton boxes of tobacco bags of salt packages of hardware and beads to be sold to the natives and perhaps in the same room ivory tusks dye wood gums and other such things which have been taken in exchange among the chief exports of this part of africa are palm oil and the kernels of palm nuts these products come from the oil palm which thrives everywhere along the gulf coast and which is so numerous that thousands of natives are engaged in gathering the nuts and making the oil the oil palm has no leaves except at the top of the tree where the fruit grows in great bunches or cones at the base of the leaves some of the cones will weigh as much as seventeen pounds each and a single cone may contain as many as seven hundred nuts each as large as a horse chestnut the negro climbs the tree with a long hoop of rattan which he fastens around it he then steps inside the hoop and raises it so that one curve rests against the tree above him and the other upon his back he now puts his bare feet on the trunk and by a succession of jerks walks right up to the top he then cuts off the cones and throws them to the ground they are left there for a few days and the nuts shrink and drop out they are now boiled in water to remove the outside shell which is lined with a fibre saturated with oil the fibre is crushed from the kernels of the nuts in large mortars and is then placed in clay vats filled with water the native women get into the vats and tramp the fibre to press out the oil it rises to the surface and is skimmed off after this the fibre and shells are again boiled and the oil is skimmed from the surface it is of a dirty yellow color but it is so valuable for making soap axle grease and other things that it is exported to europe by the thousands of tons the kernels of the nuts are also valuable for the same purpose they are dried and thus sent to europe where they are ground up and the oil is pressed out of them is not this a wonderful tree yes but it has other virtues in addition to those already described its leaves are used to thatch the huts and from their fibre mats hats and other things are made at the root of the leaves there is a heart called the palm cabbage 
which is eaten as a vegetable when boiled it tastes like parsnips and its neck is said to have the flavor of the finest asparagus the natives tap this cabbage when it is on the tree and fasten a gourd to it a sap which looks somewhat like ginger beer thereupon flows out into the gourd it ferments and in a short time turns to wine the natives use palm oil for lighting and cooking and also for greasing their hair and skins another remarkable tree found here and in many other parts of the african continent is the baobab or monkey bread tree the baobab is one of the largest of trees it is not so tall as some others but it grows to a thickness of from twenty to thirty feet and is sometimes as much as one hundred feet in circumference it has enormous branches often as thick as the trunk of a great oak and its blossoms are balls of pure white four or five inches across the fruit of the baobab is a gourd fourteen or fifteen inches long with a stem two or three feet long the flesh inside is red with a yellowish tint it has seeds embedded in it the natives pound up the seeds into meal and they use the shells to carry water or to bail out canoes and to hold salt and other things the leaves of this tree when young are eaten as a vegetable they are a bright green and somewhat like the leaves of a horse chestnut the wood is peculiar it is not good for lumber as it is composed of fibres separated by layers of pith the inner bark has so many fibres that it is often stripped off and made into paper it can be twisted into strings and ropes and the natives sometimes pull out the fibres and make bags and nets of them the inside of the baobab tree often rots so that the tree becomes hollow in this case it is sometimes used as a water barrel being filled during the wet season or at the time of a storm and drawn off when needed after the rains have passed End of chapter thirty one